Hello, hello, I'm Sharifa and I am the content producer at Signature Pictures Academy. And hi, I'm Robert and I am the Academy Director of Signature Pictures Academy. And you're listening to Core Time, the podcast about diversity in the film industry. And this is our first ever podcast at Signature Pictures Academy. And we've started this podcast. We are bringing together some diverse voices to hear about their experience in the film industry and what needs to change. So we want the industry to sit up and listen and implement the changes that come from the people that it affects the most. We're going to be hearing from filmmakers. We're going to be hearing from activists and campaigners throughout this podcast. And we've got some amazing guests lined up. So settle down. Listen up and make some changes. Uh, so, welcome to our third episode of our first ever podcast um, by Signature Pictures Academy. And we are joined uh, by some brilliant guests that are doing amazing things in their respective fields. So, first of all, we have Zan Moon. Um, Um, who campaigns for um, the awareness of rape culture in schools, um, sexual harassment, and she's been doing a lot of of things that she's going to tell us about to raise awareness of those things. Um, And we've also got Ella Greenwood, who is Forbes under... 30 under 30, um, <laughs> successful uh, filmmaker at such a young age, um, and she highlights uh, mental health issues within her film, so we're going to be talking all about those films as well. Um, so welcome, both of you. Fine. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's great to be here on Friday um, uh, talking to you guys, because part of this uh Part of this podcast is to uh, give people an insight into what's going on in the industry um, and issues that are being highlighted and the issues that are important for young people, but also for the industry to sit up and listen and think about what they have to do or what we have to do to change, to remove some of these barriers that we weirdly put up um, for the next generation um, coming through the creative industries. Um, And two main topics um, are about uh, mental health and sexual harassment in the workplace and with things like um, I May Destroy You becoming so successful and such an awareness around that these more and more stories from women working on film sets or working in production are coming out and these things have been going on for years and years and years and it's all of a sudden in uh, in the forefront of people's minds like it's brand new, but we know it's not. Um, so, Zan, you've been doing a lot of um, campaigning around this issue. How, why did you start? How did you start? What did you do? That so? Because it seems to be like in the past few months, you're everywhere. <laughs> you've been everywhere. So, like, why did that start? Um, so, it sort of started around the time of the death of Sarah Everard, and that kind of coincided with International Women's Day, and then all the press kind of targeting Meghan Markle. And it was just a very strange period to be a woman um, at the time. I just felt like there was just an influx of criticism. Um, And then people started to kind of start talking a little bit more about violence against women and and harassment against women. And it made me reflect on my own experiences, which I have been through just like most women my age, like multiple different occasions of things that you kind of pass by as just like part of growing up. But then through talking about kind of the, the 
the sort of feminist aspect of Sarah Everard and everything, it kind of came to the forefront that actually a lot of stuff had happened to my friends and I that we agreed was non-consensual. And it just really annoyed me. Um, I was just filled with a huge rage um, and I wanted to do something about it. So I posted on my social media asking if anyone had had a similar experience of sexual harassment with uh, boys from a certain school that I was um, talking about. It was like a privately educated school, a number of them, um, which I kind of had quite bad experiences with and my friends had as well. So yeah, I put a post out on social media asking if anyone else had had experience. And then after a week, I'd had over a hundred testimonies of girls who had all different kinds of sexual harassment, abuse, rape. Um, and that's just one school at that point? No, that was, so it started with one school. And then after a week, there were like, I think it was 10 different schools and universities and so I couldn't really ignore any of them. So I just thought, right, I'm going to write an open letter to every school that's been mentioned in, in these testimonies and um, list literally exactly as it was told to me, um, all anonymous. And, yeah, there was just, like, it came to about 14-page letter full of just abhorrent stories and experiences that just, I think, needed to be exposed so i sent it to one press article and then the next day it was literally everywhere um it went all over the news and because i had spoken publicly then about what happened to me with with uh, a boy from one of these you know prestigious elite top schools in the country it had done the rounds and then a lot more people started getting in contact so i had hundreds and hundreds of people and i, I didn't really know what to do with all of the testimonies and I was also being questioned on the validity, which really annoyed me because mm. if people had done their research, they would know that boys are 230 times more likely to be raped themselves than to be falsely accused of rape. But Wow. Mm. Um, yeah, but that I was being questioned by all these journalists and head teachers on, like, how do you know what they're saying is true? So then I thought, like, okay, what can I do to show what I'm like even though I don't need to do this because like yeah I shouldn't have to um but I thought for far too long you know social media has been part of the problem exacerbating misogyny online um so I thought like why not try and use it to our advantage we've got a bank of evidence there of of online abuse all you need to do is chat search nudes or pick or um slut and see what comes up in your Facebook search or your WhatsApp history. So, yeah, I asked people to do that and set up Screen Grab Them, which was a movement uh, Instagram page dedicated to exposing online misogyny by screenshot evidence. So people would send me the screenshots of their chat searches. I'd post the screenshot and then tag the schools in those posts until they kind of responded and took action. Um, and that, again, quite gained quite a lot of traction, I think, because it's one thing sort of talking about like misogyny and it's another thing seeing it in the words of mm. a boy saying you know I'm a handsome Etonium, you're scum like mm. you, you know literally taking the piss out of raping her and it kind of it, it brings it to life yeah so that was kind of how it started and I guess my main aim was just to kind of enact real change um but as a result of kind of 
the movement and, and how much contraction it got. I, I got asked to meet with quite a lot of head teachers and then the Department of Education. So it ended up kind of becoming more of like a action plan movement where I sort of created my ideas of what needs to change and then presented it to them and, and those schools in the hope that something comes about. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's kind of a brief. Yeah. <laughs> well, not so well, much that, brief. I think I rambled a lot there. But. <laughs> yeah, no, but that that is, um, and that's just in schools. I mean, think of, and now it's, think of the years that that's gone unchecked and those people are now in positions of power in workplaces they've grown up they may have families uh, they may be employing people they may be creating a culture of a workplace um so this is just in schools and it it's not it's not kind of uh, specifically schools it's kind of everywhere mm. i don't know if it, i know with our industry and uh in terms of the film industry there's been a real kind of uh, spotlight put on that, especially we, we had Noel Clark, didn't we, recently with um, all of those revelations and people saying we knew for years, but it just went unchecked and we, you know, didn't do anything. Ella, I don't know if you have any thought on, um, in terms of like on set, what the industry is doing at the moment to, to safeguard women that work on set or to um, to address the misogyny um, from you know male crew or i don't know do you have you kind of seen any change or anything coming in or is there anything new um well something new that i think is a really positive change so on my last project we had a mental health coordinator and they're introducing that to a lot of different projects as a well-being consultant it kind of varies in what it's Mm. actually called but it's someone who is hired externally to kind of from those in charge when it's the production company um and they're there just for the well-being of everyone on set so it's someone external for people to go to in case they have any issues of they experience something or if they've seen something um that is distressing to them or just you know something that they want to talk about that's someone external that they can go to uh that's literally only just starting to be introduced to projects there's still a lot that don't have anything like that um and yeah I I guess you know I haven't been filmmaking that long Mm -hmm. but I thought things like that were a thing of the past I think I was very naive but I know people who have literally just started filmmaking this year and have already had experiences of harassment um and of intimidation and just yeah discrimination um on a lot of different basis so it's yeah it's it's kind of crazy that it's still very much going on and you know you see one person outed but there's probably millions so So many others and it will take years that is shocking that that's the mental health coordinator is only just coming about Mm. that shocks me as someone outside the sector that doesn't already exist on every set yeah and I think a lot of the the film industry for many years has just been run on power and you know a lot of that power belongs to men in that industry so Mm. it's it's been it's left loads of the behaviors have been left unchecked for so long so it's kind of like it's not a new thing but it's all of a sudden people feel empowered to talk about it especially with social media like Zan your your um use of social media to highlight those issues before social media you might have had a really hard time trying to trying to gather that information whereas now it's 
anonymous it's you know free it's accessible to everybody loads of people can see it so you've got a captive audience i suppose it's similar to the film industry yeah but i think like speaking about social media it's so important to have that there mm. like um last year after black lives matter i did a similar thing to um what you did Zan. Um, it was mostly about racism, but loads of girls and also the boys side at my school in South Africa. Um, we all just came together and we started, um, we made a Facebook page and an Instagram page and we put down our stories of racism that we've gotten either like from each other at school or from the teachers. And there were so many from the teachers. Mm -hmm. And then um, once the boys picked up on it, they did theirs as well. And they were actually out on each other on um like sex, um, just like sexual harassment that they've done or that they've experienced, and wow. a lot of like sudden so the teachers have done it to the kids as well. So it's it's shocking that it can happen at such a low level, but it's so important that we start it like talking about it from that low level mm -hmm. and taking it up. So then when you go to the workplace, that um, like it must be a normal thing to have a mental health advisor mm -hmm. and stuff like that because it's happening. Yeah, yeah, you can't avoid it. I mean, it must have such a, a massive impact on mental health. And Ella, your films address mental health. Why? Uh, how did you? Why did you decide that that's kind of uh, what you wanted to champion and raise awareness of? Um, so different reasons. I really struggled with my mental health as a young teen, and I wanted to, you know, in creating work and writing, I think it's. Well, for me, it was really useful and helpful to share experiences that I've gone through personally and things that I wanted to share with others. Um, and also because my mental health was made so much worse by what I saw in the media, whether that's social media. Um, they've only recently just started to ban like self-harm content. Mm. Even on Twitter, it's still very easily accessible. Um, and yeah you could just see it everywhere and there's a lot of stuff that can make your mental health so much worse and also spur you if you are in that dark place um and then also just kind of general representation something that's talked about so much is 30 reasons why um mm -hmm. but it's a series that i watch and it's a series that really did impact me um in the wrong way and i think it's the first time that it was kind of so easy to link what young people had seen in the media to then the impact that it had on their mental health because of course sometimes it's very hard you know people struggle for different reasons and it's very hard to link it but when you have teens who copied mm. you know that story in the exact way that she went about committing suicide um sorry i shouldn't say committing that's something that i've just learned recently that you yeah. don't say commit suicide mm. um how she took her life that yeah you know young people actually copied it exactly so there's such a clear link between that and that was something that's so recent i mean we're talking a few years ago and then they made more series despite the impact that it had and i just thought it reached millions of people and it was it had such a negative impact that i really wanted to change how mental health was represented in the media in terms of it not being triggering um and not certainly not encouraging suicide like that did uh and also just trying to bring a bit more of a normal representation because mm. for so long it was often criminalized you know people who had mental illnesses were then seen to be criminals and they they were the ones that kind of did all this stuff that was negative um and just made it seem so hard to understand if you didn't have a mental illness it just isolated people even further mm. so 
yeah, I just wanted to try and go about changing that and also sharing my experiences and sharing others' experiences. Yeah, and I think it's very tricky to um, be able to tell the story and raise awareness without glorifying it like 13 yeah. years ago mm. did. So, like, do you find that there's pressure when uh, making a movie or um, a short film about mental illness? Is there pressure, like, in doing it right? Um, I don't know. To me, it's not pressure because I w really wouldn't want to do it otherwise. I guess there definitely is an aspect of, oh, but is that entertaining enough? You know, I've had that kind of feedback. Is that really, you know, should we not make it a bit more dramatic? Should we not do this? Um, there's quite the the instance of always, you know, suddenly something comes along, whether it's a, a guy or a girl or a new romantic interest, and suddenly that mental illness is cured and that sort of thing. And all, all of a sudden they're just completely <laughs> <laughs> The age um, old. And, you know, that's something that I definitely never want to show, but that's something that you know, if you experience mental illness, you, you realize that, like it's, you're never cured in that sense. It's yeah. always kind of a constant battle of highs and lows. So that's something that you would just show anyway. Um, and for example, like with the, the film that I did with Bookie Burt Cray, it was about self-harm because that's something that I just hadn't really seen much about ever. Um, and yeah, we really didn't want it to be triggered. We didn't show any scars or any cuts or anything like that or any ways of you know how you'd go about self-harming none of that it was just ways to get better and reasons why and how to kind of move forward and how to help people understand it but also making that into a film not just like a documentary is yeah it's just incorporating all of those factors but making sure that you know if you were at a low place it would definitely not have a negative impact or even if he was in a good place it wouldn't have a harmful impact on on anyone mm. and i suppose a lot of uh young people watching your films will really kind of it's i, I find a lot of the content made or films made about mental illness <clears throat> is for it's not for people with that are struggling with mental illness and it's made to entertain those that don't really know so it is the dramatic it is the extreme um it is all of those like gory things where in actual fact you know the person sitting opposite you in your office you know maybe really struggling with a mental illness you don't see them you know go into the extreme but that's their every day yeah um do you think your uh the, the films you make are have you made them specifically for people with mental illness or have you have you found that balance to make them for both people to understand? I mean, I try and do both mm. across the films. I think there's ones that it is, for example, my one of my films, Smudge Smile, is aimed at more, more of a younger audience. Mm -hmm. And so it is, you have the character's voiceover and you can kind of very easily understand what she is going through and kind of how it comes and goes and there's no reason for it. Um, and then another one is very, it's a lot more subtle. And I was watching it thinking, well, I understand it, but people who don't suffer with mental illnesses like they can understand it um but then i think it's it's also important to do that because often you you have no clue when people are struggling um just you know no clue at all uh and so it's important to very subtly show those signs and to try and show in a film look these are the small things that you, you can try and look out for that maybe straight away don't come across as them struggling but you know if you know it in the context it's a way to learn to look for those small signs so 
Yeah, I think definitely I try and do both, but also then to push kind of one more in a film and the other more in a film. So yeah, yeah. Um, about the private schools and the sexual harassment, I did my dissertation last year on um, violence against women in South Africa. And from doing research, I realized that there's so many um, factors to consider when considering like why do men, well not only men, but why are so many people getting affected by this? Why are, women, why are so many women affected by this? And I realized that like, even though it's, it was a private school campaign or started as a private school campaign, it's, it's obviously not because um, you have money that this has happened to you or that um, men are doing this. But I have realized that um, it does play a certain role in a sense that there's entitlement. And that's why um, you like you might only just hear about it more, but it's like, okay, I'm going to do this because I know I can get away with it. I know that my parents can bail me out and whatnot. So yeah, I found it very interesting that um, that this started with the private school. Mm. But do you think, like, have you um, talked to public schools as well? Yeah, so it started out as private schools because the, that those were the ones that were, like, by chance, the ones probably in my circles that, that, were, that were mentioned. Um, that was what the open letter was addressing. And I, I would agree, like, there is a serious problem with the entitlement that is raised in private education where these young boys are told time and time again that they're going to be CEOs, they're going to be leaders of the country, yeah. prime minister, which they are usually, like if you look at our current government, um, which is worrying. Um, but like that, that is what they were taught all throughout school. Like I asked some of the, the private educated boys that I knew what their sex ed classes were. And they said, oh, our P PSHE was just training us how to be good CEOs, like how to have emotional awareness and emotional intelligence for when we become like lawyers and CEOs. That was their PSHE. Wow. No shocking. mention, yeah, no mention of respect for women, no mention of like feminism and That's how sad. to be a well-rounded person, yeah. Um, so there is this kind of entitlement which when carried into the bedroom and into your relationships with women is very, very dangerous, um, combined with the fact that, you know, you know, as you say, they have that knowledge that their dad will probably bail them out yeah so that was why i kind of targeted them and also the fact that in public schools they are like duty bound by law to partner with the police as part of the safer sex ed scheme so they have to by contract have a policeman come in talk to them about consent and go through workshops not saying that that doesn't you know that it doesn't necessarily translate and that those young people aren't taking advantage of women but I think that um, the fact that private schools had the funding and resource to provide a really like well-rounded education about consent um, and the fact that they didn't was even more shocking yeah and even more like you have so much to answer for because in my opinion they were so focused on just getting their Oxbridge candidates in, just getting A stars, and there's all this focus on, oh, it's the best education you're ever going to get. Well, no, because the best education creates a holistic approach where you have a respectable young man who understands the importance of consent, feminism, the suffragettes, and they were just, there's no knowledge of that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I think they had a lot more to answer for. But that said, when I did screen grab them, I just opened up to all schools. So there was a lot, I think there was about, um, in total, about 100 schools mentioned in screen grab them. Some, yeah, academies and um, state schools across the country. Um, and they actually ended up getting like people from other countries as well. So it, the problem is widespread. It's literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you when you look at kind of the the life trajectory of those boys that come from those private schools, it really does worry me when a lot of them are going into are kind of they're deciding our laws and policies on women that is when you're like well where do we like where do we start here guys like throwing me a bone (laughs) and i saw a tiktok the other day that was like um schools want to get the police involved when you plagiarize but if you sexually harass someone it's like it's keep yeah yeah there (laughs) was a lot of cover-up i realized that a lot of young people or young girls had confronted schools and the headmasters had said, there's nothing I can do about this. You, you must have brought it on yourself. Like this girl printed off eight pages worth of online abuse. And he didn't, he didn't even say to the boy to take the Twitter page down. He didn't even suspend him. He said that she must have done something to warrant that kind of behavior. So there is a culture of cover up as well. And I think that's why these private schools are so focused on their reputation that they're not so focused on kind of they just want to make sure that they have the most respectable or you know highest rating on Ofsted and they don't actually take into account yeah like safeguarding practices Yeah. Imagine we started a screen grab them account for uh, the film industry. I can imagine wow. it would be. Uh, <laughs> um, so, um, Ella, in terms of, you mentioned earlier about um, mental health advisor uh, or consultant on, on set. What do you think the next steps are for supporting people that work in film uh, that struggle? What do you think the industry needs to do? Because it is, even when we look at um, actors and actresses, uh, their mental health is impacted just by doing an audition or waiting for a, a callback. Um, and you've got the same with crew and working on set, the highly pressurized environment. What do you think the next steps are for the industry? What do you think we need to do to support those people? I mean, I think it will take a lot of the industry as a whole coming together because it, it's, you know, it's such a fast paced thing. People are literally brought on. And it's I, that's the thing I never understood when I first started working, that everything is so last minute. Um, you know, you don't hear back for so long and all of a sudden people are like, oh, we're, you know, we're starting tomorrow. And it's it's so hectic that it really does take over um, your life and you're so immersed in a lot of people now. You know, they really do struggle to kind of have a life outside of work and hours always get pushed. You know, there's always overtime and it's just yeah it's honestly a lot of the time it's really hectic um, and that's something that needs to change from the planning it's another issue is kind of the money people before you know would have thought I, I doubt they would have said no to a mental health coordinator but it would have been like oh well like do we really want to spend our budget on that um, and so it's you know but you have to then you have to plan you can't do the project until you have enough budget to, to hire that person and to make sure that people you know there's enough enough time it's not so hectic and it's not so um last minute that people need to take a day off uh because right now currently it's you know you've got to turn up it's not kind of a case of you know in an office like i just can't come in today like what's going to happen if you if you don't turn up you you kind of have to and so it's 
enough budget and time to say, well, okay, then we'll have to just kind of, it'll be a bit slower today, but that's fine. But the issue is also that, um, yeah, you can have a mental health coordinator for a project, but then what happens like when you're done with that project? If it's just a, a short yeah. one, like what about the in-betweens and what about just kind of the mental health of, of people in the industry, mm. you know, every single day? I think luckily there are more things like there's the film and TV mental health charity that are trying to do a lot, but it does take big organizations to implement those changes. Um, yeah, so it's not as hectic. People have someone to go to if they are struggling. Um, people have more notice on what they're doing and how, so that you know they can get support if they need it. They can take time off if they need it. Um, but it is, it's, yeah. it's very it's difficult because <laughs> Yeah, it's all, you know, you give so much of your time and your, of your life to kind of a company or project and, and a lot of people do it because they are so passionate about what they're doing, but then that's it. Like all of a sudden you're done and, you know, now you're kind of back to square one in terms of not having anywhere to go or anything to do yeah. um, and no space to say, you know, I really need to take this day off because mm. I'm struggling with my mental health. So yeah. Well, we, two years ago, we had a uh, young person come through one of our programs and she put herself forward for, um, for a runner and production assistant job for a really big production company who I won't name. Um, and she was brave enough to say to me, I struggle with my mental health. Do, what would they do in that circumstance? Like if I was struggling, what's the expectation? So it's a great question. I'll ask them. Um, I called the hiring manager for the, those positions and she was like, I don't know. I have no clue what we would do. Um, I need to speak to someone, speak to someone else. She spoke to someone else and she came back to me and said, um, we're not sure we've got nothing officially, you know, we've got no policy or procedure around it, but we'll support them as much as we can. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. Mm. Um, yeah. Exactly, support how. So the young person ended up not going for the position because she wasn't quite sure whether she could handle it without any support. Um, so there's, you know, even large, really large production companies still don't have procedures in place to kind of deal with that. They just want to go, 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 mm. you know, get the job done, see you yeah, later. Yeah, it's such a fast-paced environment in terms of, like, people just never allow enough time. Mm. Like, you you do have to take into account, like, it's constantly, for example, um, I know of an editor who was working on a project and had been working on it for so long, um, had been already, you know, working so many days, but really was struggling with his mental health um, and said to them you know i i need to take this day off for a mental health reason um and they fired him and he said he literally publicly said if i'd said it was for something physical maybe they would have let mm. it i'm still not sure but definitely it was because of the fact that i said that it was to do with mental health and mental illness um and you know they kind of said well we just need it we need to get this film done we need to yeah. you know we can't allow for this day off we can't allow for any yeah. time it's such a tight schedule and you know that was kind of the excuse so yeah, yeah. yeah. i think that's, that's an industry i think that's society-wide yeah. problem that it should be within contracts that you like before you sign mm. a job they should have a section for this is what we do in the in the case of mental health this is mm -hmm. how we can support you yeah. but again it's just not seemed on the same 
it, it, on the same parallel as physical health, despite the brain being an organ, like it's, yeah. it's the exact yeah. same thing. But as soon as you, as soon as people look from the neck up, it's like oh, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same. It's, a, yeah. it's an organ. It's a muscle. It's a muscle. Like you need you need to see it in the same way as physical yeah. health. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. And I feel like the creative industry is so bad because like all other industries if it's like a permanent job you have your usual like um well-being coordinator or you have proper sick days put in and everything like can you take a sick day when you're working on a film you get fired yeah it's just not allowed it's like, not it's, set up for it really is it yeah, no it's, it's yeah. just, so just the whole way that it's it's built and, and it's so kind of there aren't set hours it's constant like people will message and email you Mm. whatever time and that's just how it is and Mm. there's so many things that are just people just accept that it's how the film industry is when really like it it should that shouldn't be how it is yeah (laughs) Yeah. cool well i think we're coming towards the end um just quickly before we um before we finish what are the next steps do you think um for raising awareness like what's zan what's your kind of what do you want to see happen um what what is your goal for doing you know what you do and similarly ella what is what do you want to see change or happen i think my goal in schools is to see like real effective change in the sense that we need to completely reform sex education right from the get-go um and educate young boys about you know, talking about feminism and consent from a very young age so that they can carry that knowledge through and, and sort of learn about how to have what consent means mm. um, and to have more support for victims or I hate that word, but yeah, you know, just more support for women. And then also I think more support for perpetrators. I've spoken a lot about rehabilitation programs because there's a lot of cancel culture and kind of just let's punish that boy and expel him but actually what he needs is to be re-educated and to learn what what he did was wrong and why he could go do it again yeah exactly so but i've kind of put in place that detention should be rather than just writing out lines it should be to work on a feminist project or Mm. you know to watch a, a documentary about um sexual harassment and the effect of it and that kind of those small things I think can can well those quite those are quite big things but it's it's about like everyone talking about it that's my main aim is just to keep the conversation going like we are today and, and with your friends and families as soon as you can pull someone up on misogyny at every opportunity I would because mm-hmm. it's those instances around the dinner table where someone says something cackles or rates someone out of 10 um, yeah. it's those moments that you can re- create effective change by just standing up for women and misogyny and, and calling someone out they're going to remember that for, and everyone around the table will remember that for the rest of their life and hopefully change their behaviour so yeah. yeah I guess just like keep keep talking about it and, and keep supporting women yeah and Ella, what is your uh, what are your goal for your films um, to do with mental health and I know you champion um, a charity um, stem for yes um, what are your goals for around that uh, yeah to really raise awareness um, and, and also to normalize mental health and mental illness um, various mental illnesses and also mental health in young people for it to be taken so much more seriously because it's still today like when I was 
you know, I was hospitalized for my mental health. Um, and even then they still said, oh, it's just because you're young. Like mm. it's just a part of being a teenager. It's just, you know, maybe falling out of friends. So I really want to actively be working to continue to work with young writers um, and to share kind of a young person's perspective on mental illness. So I really hope to do that, mm -hmm. to continue to do that. And yeah, to champion amazing charities, um, working with STEM4, Human, Beyond, Papyrus, all of these amazing charities that focus kind of on a different area and to kind of tailor those films to them so they can then use it as a tool to educate people um, and yeah, promote awareness. Awesome. Oh, do you want to do um, so where can people find you and like what are you guys working on now um so instagram at pop seller or broken flames pd which is my um production company and right now we just closed our first film fund so we were looking for emerging writers people that hadn't really done had much experience in the industry um to share their scripts so we're working on that we're going to announce the winner soon and then create their project so yeah i'm really excited about that awesome is that me oh you can you can add me on instagram um i think it's zan moon um but yeah just continuing to work with the government on a couple documents um that they're going to be publishing with schools and actually there's a documentary coming out with me i'm working on at the moment so oh, awesome. keep an eye on uh, on tv for that as well but yeah Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being our guests. Um, you've been awesome guests, and uh, good luck with everything you're doing uh, because you're doing amazing things. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>